Um, so if we can get the children up to the front. Uh, those, uh, if you're here for the first time, don't feel uh, that you have to come up to the front, but if you're uh, uh, regular here, then come up. And if you are here for the first time and you'd like to come up to the front, please do. Uh, it's totally up to you. And have, can we, have we got a handheld mic? So the first thing, I'm going to need a volunteer to um, just do a handheld straight up. So you can, you can be this first volunteer. There'll be lots of volunteers this morning. Um, to, to take the mic round to those who have got their hands up. Because earlier on at the beginning of the service, I asked a question, which was, you know, we talk a lot about the good news as Christians... Um, the gospel, the, the word gospel literally means good news. But what is this good news that we have to share? I'm, I, feel, I feel like I'm echoing a bit. Um, what, what is this good news that we have to share in as few words as possible? So, Jess, you're going to take the mic round because I know that pretty much every adult is going to shoot their hand up with an amazing answer to give to this. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys have got some answers as well. What is the good news that we have to share as Christians? So you got an answer for that? We'll come, we'll come up because you're going to take the mic round. See, see, Jess is taking the mic, but she's the first to answer. So she, she's earning the right to do this. Yep. Jesus has um, came to work. Jesus has um, died for us. Well, that's a brilliant answer. Jesus has come to earth and Jesus has died for us. That's pretty good news, isn't it? So uh, well done, Jess. Uh, now you get to uh, interview others who are going to give us, uh, there's so many ways we can answer this question. What is the good news? Give me some aspect of the good news. What is the good news we have to share? So Jeff, well done, Jeff. Go, go on, go on uh, just hold the mic up for Jeff or pass him the mic. Go on, Jeff. There, there he is. You have to make yourself a bit more of his. Resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection life, not just for Jesus, but also for us. Next person. So come on. Don't be shy. Well done. Well done, Teresa. Um, we can have eternal life through Jesus. I didn't quite catch that, so I can't. Somewhere. Oh, go on. Go, go, on. go, go yeah. again then. Um, we can have eternal life through Jesus. Eternal life through Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very good news. What, what else? What else might we say about, what else is good news? Cassie's got one here. Jess up the front here. Cassie's got one. Jess up here. Cassie's got, uh, got an answer for us. He lives. What did you say? He lives. He lives. Jesus lives. Our Savior lives. Yes. Anyone else? Come on. There's so many ways we can answer the question. Very nervous audience today. Penny. God's rescue plan. God's rescue plan. God has rescued us. Anything else? Oh, okay. Amy, go for it. Forgiveness of sins. He forgives us our sins. Yep, fantastic. Brad? We serve a good God, not an evil God. We serve a good and loving God, a living God, absolutely. Bev, say, so look, we're getting, we're getting a roll now. Oh, you've got to run all the way around, uh, Jess. 
We've had some great answers. We've, we, we've, got, we've got some more answers from the front and then we'll... God loves us and sent Jesus to save us. God loves us and sent Jesus to save us. Absolutely right. Jess, if you bring the mic to the front, if we've got any last answers from the front... You've got one? Okay, Hugo is going to tell us some good news. Go for it, Hugo. God died on the cross to take our sins away. Fantastic. Hugo, well done. What a great... What a great way to finish us off there. Well done, Hugo. Uh, So they were all great answers. All of those things are true. All of those things are are good news. Um, At the very heart of the good news is also this. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Uh, Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in control. Jesus is king. But you know, sometimes it doesn't look like Jesus is in charge, especially when evil people seem to be getting their own way. Uh, put your hand up if you've ever seen horrible histories. Adults, well, anyone seen horrible histories? I know you do get it in Australia. Quite a lot of us. Uh, for those of you who haven't, it's a TV show about all, well, about uh, some of the most gruesome and terrible people who have ever lived. And today is going to be a little bit like an episode of Horrible Histories. Nothing too gruesome, but we are talking about King Herod. Not Herod the Great, who tried to kill Jesus after he was born. Uh, not Herod uh, Antipas, who had John the Baptizer beheaded. But Herod Agrippa I. Herod Agrippa realized that a lot of people didn't like Christians. And he thought, ah, a lot of people don't like Christians. Maybe if I'm mean to the Christians, people will like me more. Uh, You may have even come across this in life. You may have come across it at school. Some people think that being unkind to someone will make other people think that they're clever and funny and like them more, especially if they're unkind to someone who's already a bit unpopular. But as Christians, we know that it's much better to be kind than popular. And actually, the way to make the very best, long-lasting, good friendships and relationships is to be kind. But all Herod cared about was popularity and power. So he had James beheaded. And all those people who didn't like Christians gave a big cheer. And they said, well done, King Herod. That was a great thing to have done. And Herod thought, ah, ah, it worked. People like me better because I'm being unkind to Christians. So he had Peter arrested. And we know that uh, Peter, James, and John were Jesus' closest disciples. They were his best friends. Uh, So this was a terrible situation. James had been beheaded. Peter was in prison. This is two out of three of Jesus' closest disciples. The church was confused and afraid, and Herod looked like he was winning. Evil people will often come up with evil plans to try and make themselves look bigger and to try and make God smaller. But can we make God smaller or less powerful? Can Can God be made smaller or less powerful? You can shout out. No! 
No, they, they can't. And it's very unwise to try and make ourselves bigger and God smaller. At the start of uh, this, I, I said, what is the good news? It could be summed up in three words. There were loads of great answers. Can, you, can anyone remember how I summed it up? What's the good news, Isaac? Jesus is Lord, but you know, sometimes when things are going wrong in the world, when things are going wrong in our own lives, uh, it doesn't always look like Jesus is Lord, and we can find ourselves asking, well, if Jesus is in charge, why are all these terrible things happening? It could be that you've fallen out with a friend, or maybe you're very worried about uh, schoolwork or um, exams, or it could be that some people have been unkind to you. These are all very difficult situations to deal with. Uh, But, you know, when we face life's toughest situations, we have a choice. We can use our faith or lose it. We use it or lose it. What do you think it means to use our faith? If we're facing a really tough situation and we want to use our faith, how would we do that? What do you think? Be good. Yep, great. Um, Jess? To ask God for help. So asking God for help, what would we, what would we call that? Um, prayer. prayer. Exactly. Um, and we should always pray in the knowledge that God is with us. Now, we can't uh, always see God, we can't always feel God, but we know that God is with us. Uh, so we should never fail to pray. But you know, when bad stuff is happening, sometimes there are other things that we can do as well to make the situation better. So we always pray. That's the first thing. We always pray. But there's sometimes other things that we can do to help the situation. So it's kind of prayer plus something else. So for example, if you were unwell, it'll be prayer plus what? So you're unwell, you pray, you want to pray for healing. But what else would you do if you're unwell? Cassie? Pardon? Go to the hospital or go to the doctor? Yeah, because... uh, and it could ride in the ambulance. Have you ever got to ride in an ambulance? No. Okay, well, it's best not to, really, but it could be quite fun, I suppose. So, um, absolutely right. If we're unwell, we pray, and we go to the doctor. We know that God has given doctors their skills and their ability and the knowledge uh, to be able to make people better. So God can work through doctors. Um, if you fall out with your friends, if you have an argument with your friends, you might pray. Well, you, hopefully you would pray. But what else would you do? You'd pray and prayer plus what? What, what do you think? Pardon? Apologize. Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, that could be it. So, Isaac? You would pray so much smartly so uh, well, I don't know. I don't know whether we want to go down that route, but the, certainly, I think the uh, the first answer, apologise, is a good one. If we recognise that we're in the wrong, we apologise. We can talk to the person um, and try and sort the situation out. Yeah, absolutely right. So, if we fall out with someone, it's prayer plus maybe a bit of humility, maybe an apology, a conversation. If um, this is the last one, if you're being bullied. It will be prayer plus what? So we pray about the situation, and what else will we do? What do you have, Trevor? Tell the teacher or tell our parents 
Uh, because again, God can bring other people alongside us who can help us in situations. So uh, it'll be prayer plus telling a teacher, telling our parents to try and sort it out. So a lot of the time, when things go wrong, it's a case of prayer plus something that we can do to help the situation. But other times, there's absolutely nothing that we can do. There are some situations that we have absolutely no control over. And in those situations, all we can do is pray. And that was the case for the church in Jerusalem when they found themselves in this terrible situation of being persecuted. All they could do was to pray. And they prayed. It says they prayed earnestly. And the word earnestly is the same word that's used of Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. They prayed earnestly. And their prayers were answered in the most amazing way. Now, Peter was in prison and he was heavily guarded. And I want to show you just how difficult it would have been for Peter to escape. So I need three volunteers for this one. Okay, so many volunteers. Hugo, uh, Aleana, oh, and uh, Anna. So I'm getting, I think I might have got names wrong there, but come forward. Come on, Hugo, come forward. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, come forward. So, here's, here's Peter. Okay, you come into the middle, and you go either side. Okay, now look. So Peter was guarded by two guards. He was asleep, and he had the guards either side of him. Okay, so you're going to be one of the guards. What's your name? Zara. Zara. So this is your alarm, Zara. If you press that really hard, it's going to make a noise, okay? You can put your fingers of you as you like. Okay? That's, that's, your, that's your alarm, okay? Anna, this is your alarm, okay? Feel free to put your fingers in the ears if you need to at the appropriate point. So what you're going to do is, Peter, lie down as if you're asleep. So just lie down. Okay, with your, with your head facing back that way. So can you lie down on the... Just lie down? Better? I don't want to. You don't want to? Okay, I'll tell you what then. <laughs> what we're going to do is pretend that you're all lying down. In fact, that Hugo, I think that's a much better idea because then people can see what's going on, can't they? So that's a much better idea. So if you come, guards, come really close to Hugo. Okay? Come really close like that. Okay, stay there. So that's how they were sleeping. Now, what I want you to do is all close your eyes. And you've got it. Hugo, you close your eyes as well. And uh, imagine, well, guards, Hugo, you don't have to close your eyes, but guards definitely close your eyes. So the guards are sleeping. Peter is in the middle of them. Okay. And what we're going to do now, Peter, you're going to try and escape. And guards, if you feel Peter wiggling away from you and escaping, you sound the alarm. Okay. Let's see, Hugo, you're Peter now. Do you think you can escape? What do you think? Hang on, wait there. They're not yet. Okay, so guards, sound the alarm if you, if you hear Peter wiggling away. Okay, so go for it. Go for it, Peter. Okay. Okay, you got caught, didn't you? You got caught. Well done. Okay, that's, uh, that's great. So uh, sit down. Sit down, thank you. Well done. So... Zara, you were very kind to us. That, that could have been a much longer blast on the uh, horn. That was, uh, that was very um, controlled there. 
Uh, so you see, um, Hugo, who was playing Peter, he had a guard either side of him. There's no way that he could escape there. You saw that, didn't you? Well, uh, Peter was sleeping between two guards, and he was in chains, and he was in a prison cell, and there were two guards outside the door, and they were in a strong building with high walls, and there were at least two sets of guards guarding the way out, and there was a huge iron gate that, of course, was locked, and... Peter didn't have any of the gadgets that we see in films for escaping from places. So it would have taken an absolute miracle to get Peter out of that prison. But the thing is, God is very good at miracles. And an angel woke Peter up. It pretty much says that the angel sort of whacked him in the side and woke him up and said, quick, get up. And Peter got up and the chains uh, fell off of him. The guards kept sleeping. The door of the cell swung open. They uh, they walked out. They got past at least two, maybe three sets of guards. They got to the big iron gate. When they got there, the iron gate swung open. The angel is still with Peter. They walk through some streets. They get to a back street. And then all of a sudden, the angel disappears. And it was only then, only then, that Peter realized that he wasn't dreaming. Now, normally, it's the other way around. We have a dream, and we think it's real, but then we wake up and we think, oh, it's only a dream. Uh, now, if we're having a bad dream and we're going to be chased by monsters or something, then we're like, whew, I'm so pleased that I'm just dreaming. If it's a good dream, we, uh, we try to go back to sleep so we can pick it up where we left off, but it never works, does it? Has anyone ever been able to re-enter a dream? I've never been able to do it. Kind of? Okay. Okay, well, that's good for you. I've never been able to do that. It doesn't work for me. But anyway, for Peter, he was convinced that he was dreaming. And then all of a sudden, it was like, hang on a minute. This is real. This is really happening. So he goes to the house uh, of uh, where Jesus' followers were, were staying. Uh, and they're in there praying. He goes to that house and he knocks on the door. Now... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna demonstrate this, what, what actually happened here. Okay. So, I have a door. They've all, you've already got your hands up. You've already got your hands up, and you know what's coming. So, we've got a door. So, um, let's see who, um, Ruby, would you like to come up? Ruby, I just need you to hold this door. Now, this is a very important, just hold that, just hold it from where I am. So, come, come this way. So just hold it steady. So, Ruby, this is a very important job, um, but not an exciting one. You're a doorpost. Okay? So you've got to hold the door in place, okay, and hold it steady. Uh, now I need uh, a, a, a Peter. Um, let's, uh, it's better if we get someone who can't see over the door. So, Anna, I know you've got your heels on this morning. Can you see over the door, do you think? Oh, hopefully not. Let's come forward. You can play Peter. And sorry, I don't know your name. Emily. Emily, Emily would you like you you just get ready to come back up? Everyone else, put your hands down. Okay. So here's what happened. Peter came to the house where all of the uh, believers were inside praying, and he knocked at the door. Knock at the door. Okay. So knock, knock. And then a slave girl by the name of Rhonda came to the door. So if you come up this side.
Now, what do you think Rhonda did? She didn't open the door. No, she didn't. You'd think she would open the door, but she didn't open the door. Uh, she said something. What do you think she said? What did she say? Who's there? So let's try that. Knock, knock. Who's there? Okay. Don't worry. We're, we, we're, I'll say it, and it's as if you're saying it. Who's there? Sounds like a joke. It's not a joke. Okay, so what do you think Peter said? What do you think Peter said? Peter. It's me, Peter. So we'll try that. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Peter. It's me, Peter. So what do you think Rhonda did then? She knows it's Peter. What do you think she did? What do you think she did? Door. Pardon? Door. Open the door. Open the door. Is that what you said? You think she opened the door? She didn't open the door. She was so surprised that she ran away. So if you just run away. So just go, go and sit down again. And Peter is still standing at very close to the door. Would you normally stand that close to the door? I don't know. Um, so Peter was still standing at the door, and Rhonda went back to tell everyone that Peter's at the door. Okay, brilliant. Well acted that. Excellent. Thank you, Ruby. That's the that that that. So, so Rhonda went back and she told everyone uh, that Peter was at the door, but no one would believe him. Believe her. They said, no way, Peter can't be there. He's in prison. There's no way he could get out of prison. Peter's not at the door. But notice how God answered their prayer in the most amazing way. And yet they were so surprised. They could hardly believe it. Uh, many of them would have seen Jesus' miracles, if not all of them. All of them would have seen Jesus raised from the dead. They knew how powerful God is. They knew what God could do. They knew uh, what Jesus was able to do. But even so, they were completely surprised. They prayed to a God that they knew, they'd met in person, they'd seen how powerful he is. And yet when God answered that prayer in an amazing way, they were surprised. And we can be a bit like that, can't we? You know, when we face really tough challenges, uh, yes, we pray, but sometimes we also forget just how powerful God is. And, you know, when God does answer our prayer in an amazing way, we're, we're surprised. We think, wow, but we shouldn't be surprised that God answers prayer. God is powerful and he answers prayer. Prayer is powerful. And so when, whatever we're facing life, we always pray to the Lord. So what happened to Herod, that evil man who wanted to destroy the church and make himself more popular? Uh, actually, I'm going to answer this one. So to start with, he seemed to get what he wanted because actually the people began to worship him like a god. He gave a, a little speech and they said, this is a voice not of a man but a god. And uh, Herod accepted that, and all the people bowed down. It's like they were worshipping Herod. Herod loved it. But God quickly removed him from the picture. And uh, Herod died at the age of 54. It says that he died and was eaten by worms, and that sounds uh, quite strange and weird. But there are actually uh, accounts from outside of the New Testament, historical accounts, uh, that indicate that Herod, probably some sort of horrible parasite or something, but uh, he, he, he did die 
um, from some sort of gut, intestinal, uh, parasite type thing. So uh, to say that he was eaten by worms is not, uh, is not uh, actually inaccurate. Um, anyway, in the words of uh, William Taylor, he's a, a rec- the rector of uh, St. Helen's Bishop's Gate, a, a church in London, he said this. He said, this chapter, this chapter that began with James beheaded, Peter imprisoned, the church in turmoil, and Herod triumphant, ends with Peter freed, Herod dead, the church rejoicing, and the word, the word of God, triumphant. Because verse 24 says, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Nothing could derail God's plans. We don't know why James died and Peter lived. We don't know why God sometimes answers our prayers with a yes, and sometimes he answers our prayers with a no, or maybe a a not yet, or a wait. Uh, We don't know why God deals with some evil instantly, and other evil is allowed to continue for a time. But what we do know is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is in, in control. Jesus is king. And nothing, nothing can derail God's plans for us and for the whole of creation. And we know that ultimately all evil will be judged. Uh, nobody's just going to get away with it. Evil will be judged. And we know that prayer is powerful, far more so than any of us realize. In fact, I believe that when we meet God face to face and we realize just how powerful prayer is, we'll all wish that we prayed an awful lot more. So whatever's happening in the world, whatever's happening in our lives, we continue to trust God and we pray to God in the knowledge that his will will be done in the end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are with us and we pray uh, that we will be a praying church, that we'll be people who pray, really um, press in with our prayers because we know that you hear us. Uh, We know, Lord, that you have built prayer into your way of governing the universe. Uh, We know that prayer is powerful, that it makes a difference. And so, Lord, when we face tough situations, uh, inspire us to, to, to keep trusting you and to pray and to know that you are in charge and that we can trust you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.